Welcome to the Blending In Podcast, where I chat with innovative educators who are integrating edtech. I'm your host, Ashley Yazarlo, and I'm so glad you're listening in today. As teachers, we don't often get the chance to see into the classrooms of our colleagues, but by listening today, you'll get an auditory peek into the classroom of Gerardo Saldana, who is a science teacher and the STEAM coordinator at our Academy of Innovation here in Hemet Unified. So welcome, Gerardo. (laughs) Hi. uh, Thank you very much, Ashley. I'm really, really excited to be here. I'm so glad that you're here. I I always enjoy talking to you. Um, So a little bit of history for our listeners. Um, Gerardo and I used to work together at Diamond Valley Middle School, and I had just started as an instructional coach, and he was like a brand new shiny intern. (laughs) So do you want to tell him a little bit about who you are, how you came to be at Diamond Valley, and then how you got to AOI right now? Sure. Sounds good. Um, well, I think I have to go back a little bit further uh, to explain how I became a teacher. And, you know, start out when I was um, 14 years old. I'm originally from Veracruz, Mexico, Southeast Coast, Gulf of Mexico. And I immigrated to California right before starting the, the ninth grade. And uh, I came here with very limited English skills. I actually had the reading level of a third grader and the math skills of a fifth grader. Uh, per the standardized testing. And so I started off high school the way that many of my students have started with, you know, study skills and reading intervention classes, math intervention classes, not being able to take some of the elective classes that I wanted. And and it was frustrating for me. Um, And that's a story that I share with a lot of my students because though not all of them may be ALs, many of our students have had different struggles that they, they find they have to overcome. And so I want them to know that, hey, I've been in your shoes or, or a similar set of shoes, and um, you got many amazing teachers here in Hammett, in all of our schools. So yeah. it's going to take a little bit of work from you, but your teachers are here to support you. We're going to help you. I want to see you succeed, and you, know, you can do it. Um, That's great. It's like a yeah. model of resiliency right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was it was a, a, a fun adventure. Um, you know, obviously, eventually made it out to graduated high school, uh, went off to UC Berkeley. Uh, finished with a, my degree in industrial psychology and went to the corporate world. And um, all along, my sister told me that I'd be a great teacher someday. And, and I never really thought about it seriously till I started volunteering at a community center about eight years ago uh, to be a English as a second language uh, adult education teacher. And I just fell in love with it. I knew a couple of weeks in that that's what I wanted to. That was my calling. That was my passion. Um, so I pursued my credential and I started working in Hemet Unified at Diamond Valley Middle School, uh, where you, where you met me. (laughs) Um, and, uh, you know, from then I, I have, uh, just continued developing myself and, and getting further and further into this amazing calling. Yeah. So you were at Diamond Valley for how many years before you left? I was at Diamond Valley um, for almost, uh, well, for four and a half years. And then, um, so that that was a couple of years before, you know, the year 2020. Um, Then went through the whole, everything that everybody went through 2020, teaching online. Yeah. Um, And then I transitioned to the Academy of Innovation about a year and a half, uh, October of last year. Yeah. Um, Where I've been teaching. And really quickly for us, Listeners who may not be familiar with the Academy of Innovation, uh, we are a hybrid school. Um, We have an online model. We have a hybrid model where students work online and in person. 
Um, and then we have uh, a few different really, really cool programs going on here um, that I'd love to tell you more about. So, you know, very much uh, involved with tech, you know, in and out of our classes all the time. Uh, when we do a collaboration, when we teach the students, uh, when we're working, you know, with parents and families as well. Yeah. Okay. So there's so, there's so much to unpack here. Okay. So first of all, I remember starting with you as an intern, right? And and you were just like getting your feet wet as a teacher. And then from intern, <laughs> yeah. you you went to, you know, online teaching shortly after that, a couple of years later, then you right. became a department chair and then you moved over to AOI and now you're the STEAM coordinator there. So walk me through how you got from intern at a middle school to STEAM coordinator at the Academy of Innovation? Ah, um, you know, I think that um, I was willing to try new things along along the way. And I, the one thing, gosh, when I started, when you met me, I was doing a lot of things wrong. Um, I didn't <laughs> have a lot of the classroom management. Um, I didn't know, I, I didn't have the experience to be able to help our students out. And um, the one thing I got right, and, and it was in big, big uh, part thanks to you, was seeking out mentors and trying out things and looking for feedback. Just realizing that it's a learning, uh, it's a learning opportunity, and going and reaching out to other people. You know, don't yeah. try to invent the wheel. See what's working for them, emulating them, and see what fits my my classroom model. You know, um, I remember that. I remember out of all the teachers that worked on that campus with me those first couple of years, you were the one who was in my room almost every Tuesday for my table talk meetings, right? I I used to host these table talks where I would try to provide advice and resources and coaching for the teachers on our campus. And very few people made the time to come to those and you were consistently there. And I can say that out of all the teachers that I coached there, I saw the most consistent progress and like improvement in your classroom instruction and the way that you planned for your lessons, the way that you um, developed relationships with kids from the beginning to the end, like exponentially like huge growth in those first two years with where you started and were struggling to where you were at the end of that two years. And I just am continually impressed by how you continue to like be a lifelong learner and you seek out those people to like help guide you along the way. So kudos to you for having that mindset. Thank you, Ash. But again, it, it was a lot of um, the help that, that I got from you and from the other teachers because, you know, it wasn't just the PD and, and the help that you were providing us with those table talks, but you were also helping us make, you know, helping make introductions for other teachers that we may not have necessarily collaborated with. Yeah. You were facilitating that we could go and uh, observe them. Uh, and we used to, we used to have a pre-talk about, you know, what are some of the things that I wanted to focus on as mm-hmm. I observed them so that I had some goal in mind. Um, we used to have a, a chat after the, the observation to see what I picked up and you tell me what you picked up. And, you know, we used to talk to the teacher afterwards. Yeah. So a lot of those things are what, what helped me um, advance a lot faster. And you know what? Those instructional walks that I did with you and the other teachers were actually the basis of this podcast, like the inspiration, Mm. because that's where I feel like I grew as well, watching all the techniques of other teachers and going into their classrooms and like seeing how they were interacting, seeing how they were teaching. And I thought like, 
I want other teachers to be able to see this happen, but we can't because we're stuck inside the four walls of our own classroom all day long that it's really hard to get out and go see other teachers. So I figured this podcast is a way for us to kind of hear at least what's going on inside the classrooms of our colleagues who are doing amazing things and which you are. So can you tell us a little bit about those amazing things that you're doing now at AOI, especially um, in that STEAM coordinator position? I know there's some really awesome things going on there. Sure, absolutely. So as I mentioned here at, at the Academy of Innovation, there's there's a lot of really cool stuff going on. Um, we have in-person classes, we have hybrid classes, we have online classes. And so um, one of those programs is the our uh, middle school STEAM elective. And um, what that looks like is every Wednesday we have our elective classes. And for the middle school, all of our middle schoolers are enrolled in, in STEAM, which stands for Science, Technology, Engineering, Art, and Math. And um, I help develop the curriculum and we look at different topics within those uh, disciplines that the students will study online one uh, week from their home. And there is some activity that goes along with that learning. Uh, it could be a simulation, could be a research activity. Um, it could be implementing an avid strategy to show uh, their uh, content mastery and learning. It could be something that helps them uh, improve their reading and literacy levels. And then on the second week, we invite them to come to the school so they can do a hands-on activity. Oftentimes, that could be a science lab, uh, an engineering uh, challenge, uh, some sort of uh, math problem that they're going to put together, you know, um, and teams uh, doing hands-on activities. Um, again, it could be something related to art uh, or any of the other uh, core disciplines that we have here. And so <clears throat> to go a little further into that, we have eight elect, excuse me, eight uh, middle school teachers that are working together uh, to be able to reach all of the students. And, um, you know, they get together every Wednesday so that we can go ahead and then implement these activities. So some examples of activities that we had in the past. Um, the most recent one was a gingerbread uh, house. We yes. actually got the kids. You were, you I got were to see it. that. Yes. And I did. I made a TikTok about it. I will link it in the show <laughs> notes so you guys can see what, what was going on there with the gingerbread houses. <laughs> you know, I have to say that uh, that has to be one of our most delicious activities. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those kids um, are definitely licking their fingers. <laughs> you know, but for our listeners, what that looked like is we were looking at uh, surface area. Uh, with the students, which is, you know, very much a, a content standard. Um, there's several content standards in math related to fifth, uh, sixth, seven, and eighth grade, um, who was our target audience. And so we were reviewing that with them online. And then when the students came in, we gave them the materials and instructions to build a gingerbread house, some examples. Um, we had over a little over 50 students show up. Um, and then the students go ahead and they measure um, all of their materials. They proceed to build a house, they measure it and they calculate the surface area. So that way it's not not so much an abstract thing, but it's very much a hands-on project. It's something they can see. Um, and whether they are visual learners, kinesthetic learners, auditory learners, um, or whether they have different preferences, you know, working in bigger groups, working in smaller groups, working by themselves, they're able to do so uh, when they come here. Um, and then they, they're able to accomplish something, they get to take it home, they get to share with their families, and they see that they are learning in a very, very fun way. 
Um, and then for the students who are not able to join us on that day, we do provide other online activities. Uh, we had a very similar activity where the students build their houses online using Google Slides and different cutouts of things. So, you know, they didn't get to build the the, uh, the gingerbread house itself, but they got to build a, a very similar house and also go through the experience of calculating the surface area, decorating it, and, and showing up to the rest of their classmates after it was done. Yeah. It was a very cool activity. And I know that um, you've done a series of really awesome uh, STEAM activities with the students over the course of this like Wednesday setup that you have. Um, But I'm curious about like the rest of the week and what that looks like and how AOI um, supports blended learning um, outside of STEAM, like just in the normal instructional setting, like let's say your science class, what does that look like? Sure. Um, well, um, if I may, I'd like to talk a little bit more about some of the, a couple other activities that we did just to sure. give uh, other listeners a, a sample of other things going on. So in a different um, STEAM activity, we the explosive art. And so we were mixing in a little bit of basic chemistry with uh, vinegar and baking soda and, you know, different paintings. Mm. And we talked to the kids about you know, different styles of art. We looked at different examples. We looked actually at, we were looking at the chemistry of, uh, and the history of uh, art throughout uh, uh, the last few thousand years with different civilizations and some of the natural materials that they that they were using because not all colors were um, available in, in ancient civilizations. We see a lot of like earth tones and reds and yellows. And we talked about the materials they, they made for those. And at any rate, when, when they came in together, uh, we're mixing chemicals with the paints. We uh, put them in a, a sealed container, mix up the chemicals, turn it upside down, and then step away. Because as the chemicals mix in, it builds pressure and it pops the container. Oh, and wow. so what we have is a nice splash of art all over the all over you know uh, different papers that we were using creating you know creating modern uh, artwork. Um, but with you know, the understanding that the kids are are learning about the science behind it, learning about the history of art, sure. learning about art itself. And then putting it all together again to do something really cool they can go in and show home. Um, yeah, I really you- love that the that all the different teachers too are involved in this. Like you said, you're putting together the curriculum, but you're not doing it by yourself. Like you have a team of teachers, like the English teacher, the science teacher, math teacher, all all of you are working together to do this, correct? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. we have a lot of amazing teachers here. And and you know, that's the thing where um, you know, I my forte is science and in engineering. Um, but then you know, the other teachers, the other teachers come up with ideas and we collaborate and put our brains together sure. to see how we can, how we can bring a new activity to life. Um, or like the Harry Potter day. Um, that's how no. we started our, our school year. Uh, we did a, a back to Hogwarts, you know, slash AOI, <laughs> uh, day. And, and it was really fun because one thing I haven't mentioned again, you know, it's the, the culture of the campus. A lot of our teachers in the front office, they dress up and we do artwork about it and we promote it. And so for the Harry Potter day, uh, we were looking also at chemical changes as the students were making their own potions by mixing uh, grocery uh, items and, and, you know, creating potions that grow in the dark or uh, with dry eyes. And they had to identify whether that was a chemical change or physical change based on the seven characteristics of chemical changes. And we were making objects levitate as well with uh, static electricity and uh, PVC ones. Uh, We had a really race where they'd actually pull on soda cans without uh, just using static electricity. Oh, um, very cool. 
yeah and uh you know it's just so much fun for everybody involved it's it's something that everybody it's a really cool program everybody wants to be a part of yeah so okay yeah it, it definitely there's a culture there of of people who are willing to um help create these activities and these experiences for kids so that they can learn on a deeper level. So I'm curious about your collaboration time, like how, because time is something that's very valuable and scarce in the world of education. So how does your team um, find the time to come together to collaborate? And then what does that look like? How do you guys do that? Sure. Um, so a couple things to, to answer that. Um, first of all, our school is really supportive in making sure that we have uh, different time pockets built throughout the week so that we can collaborate with uh, with other teachers. Um, and so because we know they know that uh, we ultimately need those those times to try things out, to brainstorm, to collaborate. Um, another thing that I think helps that out is the fact that we share offices. Um, we have a few classrooms, which is physical classrooms where the students come in and take classes. And those classrooms are actually shared by different teachers. So it's Oftentimes, the teachers who are rotating through the classrooms or okay. you know, sometimes the classes are rotating um, as opposed to a typical school where I'm in the same classroom all day long. And, you know, sometimes teachers become an island all to themselves in their own classroom. Yeah, um, that's because very we're, true. Yeah, because we're rotating through classrooms, we are in a lot more contact with other teachers and we're aware of what's happening, you know, based on some of the things that we see on the walls or, or talking to our colleagues as we come in and out. Um, and so instead of having our own classrooms, we have offices that we share with other teachers. You know, it's an, we call it an office, but it's a full-size classroom that we may share with one or two other teachers. And uh, in the background behind me, I have uh, some of the things from Mr. Axe, who is an elementary school teacher. He's the, the STEAM coordinator for elementary and also esports coach. And so just by the fact that we're sharing the space, we end up bouncing ideas with each other and say, hey, what are you doing with your kids? Like, oh... How can I connect what he's doing in elementary with my middle school kids? Yeah. And then as I go to my next class, you know, I find, you know, I run into the English teachers or the history teachers or math teachers. And so we're in constant communication. And I think that just foments a lot of good communication. Yeah. You know, I have a, a, a future episode recording scheduled with your principal because um, of the amazing things that AOI is doing. And I and one of the things that I um, really appreciate that AOI does that's different than the traditional school is they have figured out a way to build in that collaboration time, the teacher proximity, so that um, you all as professionals have time to really just brainstorm and plan and execute um, great things for your students, which are not in that traditional school model. And, um, you know, the pandemic kind of like almost inspired this model to happen. Like, I don't know if AOI would have existed if everything didn't go down the way it, it did. So there's a little bit of, of a, a bright spot in the storm of COVID that happened is AOI, right? You're right. I think, you know, it, uh, it opened up certain uh, opportunities and possibilities towards the use, towards creative, uh, um, approaches in, in you know, solving some of our educational challenges yeah. and also the adopting of technology. I mean, you know, being an online school and a hybrid school, um, we have to use a lot more technology than maybe a traditional school. Yeah. Um, from, you know, your typical Google uh, suite, you know, the Google Classroom, of course, you know, Google Meets, 
um, but also just the, the the fact that we're one to one in the school as you know the district is, um, and the use of all different kinds of tools for to keep track of our notes, for collaboration, for meetings, um, to be able to work with the students as well. For sure. So okay, so you've mentioned this a couple times. So the school has kind of a funky schedule, right? There's online school happening. There's hybrid where they come in some of the time, and then they're home part of the time. Um, and you're in collaboration often a lot with other teachers, but you do have that one-on-one time where you're in front of the screen with a class of students, or mm-hmm. you're in person inside some some walls of, of a room. At, at um, AOI. So talk to me a little bit about um, your ability to like connect and build relationships with kids and what, how do you do that through the screen or only seeing them, you know, once or twice a week in the hybrid model? Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. I think, um, I think itself is that constraint that uh, makes us all be a lot more, um, the word that I'm looking for is on purpose about intentional. Thank you. Yes, intentional yeah. about our interactions with the kids because oftentimes we may only see them twice a week, uh, yeah. maybe three times a week if they come for for in person team, whether that's online or in person. So we we do have to be a lot more aware of you know how do we want our interactions to be like with them? What do we want to make sure we absolutely teach them in person, and what can they do on their own? Yeah. Um, you know, even though we do have tutoring time available every day, it's it's we, we gotta be very intentional about that. And so yeah. the way that we connect with them is um, making sure that we're that we're using SEL techniques uh, in our classrooms, uh, which I know that Hemet has been you know um, encouraging us to do for the last few years. Yeah. Making sure that we build the, the relationships with the kids. Um, we also keep the classrooms uh, on the smaller size, you know, rather than than focusing on because the, the cohorts only come over twice a week, um, our classroom sizes tend to be a little bit smaller. And so we're able to, to spend a lot more, you know, the one-on-one time with the students or in small groups. Um, yeah. But I think looking at the some of the technology tools and options, it's utilizing some of those tools to build a relationship as well. For example, yeah. um, I've used, I've experimented before since the pandemic with using uh, Google Classroom uh, and other tools like Padlet as social platforms themselves. I mean, the kids mm-hmm. interact with each other through social platforms all day long. Um, so we can use the Google Classroom within certain boundaries and rules or PowerPoints for them to decorate their own. Uh, so some of, some of the things that the kids have done is they create social PowerPoints where each student in a group of friends or each student in a classroom gets a slide and then they'll add pictures of the most recent shows that they're watching or uh, video games that they're playing or their likes or plans to where they like to go, you know, in the next couple of weeks on a trip or something like that. And so that's sort of of a platform for other students to log in and see, oh, okay, you know, so-and-so has been watching this anime recently. I'm also watching with them. I'm going to drop a comment on their slide and say, what did you think of, you know, the last episode? Um, yeah, that sounds that's... like uh, the Edu Protocol Thin Slides uh, activity. Very similar. Like they add just a couple of things about a specific topic, and then you can see everybody else's um, slides, and you can make comments on them, etc. So yeah, you're using slides as a social platform, which is kind of cool. Yeah, <laughs> and it works really well. Um, same thing with the Google Classroom. You know, I'll allow them to go ahead and post uh, uh, something within certain rules and boundaries, and and talk to each other, and and so. Oftentimes, students 
from different classes who may not otherwise interact with each other end up having conversations and starting friendships. Um, we have other extracurriculars like the esports club, which is uh, you know uh, competitive video gaming. Yeah. Um, and so we invite all the students to come on over. And you know nowadays video game is uh, a huge topic yeah. in the, uh, the current generation. Um, so they come over and they play together. We have a lot yeah. of games and friendly competitions. Yes, um, I have I have seen your esports setup and it is a pretty sweet setup. So if you can uh, give me a photo of that, I will pop it in the show notes so everybody could kind of see what your esports setup looks like over there at AOI. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> I, you know, Hemet has been incredibly Hemet Unified has been incredibly generous and supportive with it, and so we have a, a few Nintendo. Switches out here, PlayStation 5s. We have an you know, Xbox and arcade machine, multiple large screen TVs, LED lights, speakers, lasers. It's uh, <laughs> it's, in, it's insane. It's pretty. It's, it's pretty sweet. These kids yeah. are lucky. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, yeah. So so that that's all great. Like building all those relationships, and I can tell from the few times that I have been over at AOI, the culture there, not only among the teachers but among the students, like it's it's a positive culture and the kids seem to really enjoy being there i don't see a lot of conflict and bullying and like that kind of thing that you see in a typical secondary setting so i mean it's 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 really a great culture that you guys have built over there oh absolutely it's i'm still i think one of the things when i was new to this school i was floored to see elementary school students with you know playing with middle school students and mm -hmm. high school students together in the basketball court at lunch and getting along together yeah. um, and again there have to be certain boundaries and supervision and all that in place but it's really a, a very cohesive culture everybody knows each other everybody gets well along with each other yeah. um, and, and again it's about giving the students the, the platforms to be able to develop those relationships yeah uh, i love that so let's let's talk a little bit about that so culture's good relationships good how about work ethic with those kids like how are they are they motivated to do the work? Like when they go online and they're having to do things by themselves independently, um, how how's that going? Are they turning in things? Are they are they learning? Like, what's, tell me about that. I think you know, in that regards, we face the similar challenges as, uh, as the other schools face. You know, especially sometimes when the kids are at home, they can get a little bit more distracted. So. Sure. We utilize the tools, you know, provided to us by the district, like GoGuardian, to monitor, make sure that they are doing what they're supposed to be doing. Um, but then we also we have to get a little bit more creative, and um, you know, oftentimes incentivize the students to do the work by letting them know that we're going to be sharing whatever they build with the other uh, the other classmates and the students, or by creating a competition against the other class, you know, to see like, hey, let's see who's able to, you know, which class is able to complete, which class has more students that complete this assignment or which class is able to collaborate better for this assignment. So find fun ways for the students to want to do the work, you know, to gamify it a little bit. Um, and, you know, again, build the, the social platforms. Like we mentioned, uh, one thing that we used to have also was like social team meets. And this came also out of the, the pandemic where we realized that, um, Oftentimes the kids hung out together at lunch and since they don't always have that option, sometimes we open a Google Meet for them to just come over and have lunch together. And, you know, maybe we'll be watching uh, funny videos or maybe we'll be watching a science team video or we may play a digital board game uh, with them. Um, and it's just providing the kids that uh, that space for them to 
to get to know each other, to get to develop uh, the relationships and to want to care. So I think, you know, once yeah. they they get to uh, know their teachers and other classmates, they care more and they want to stay here. They want to do a good job. Yeah, I hear that. Um, is it a challenge for you? I know you mentioned some of the same challenges as traditional teacher, but when you're teaching online specifically, is it a challenge for you to get students engaged um, while they're online or are they turning on their cameras? Are they participating or is it like radio silence? You're not sure if they're there or not. Like, what is that like pre, like I say post pandemic really, cause it's the, it's over, but we had like online instruction during the pandemic. And I know that uh-huh. was so challenging for so many teachers, but how is it different um, online now with AOI versus online during the p- pandemic? Great question. Um, we still have, some of the challenges but it is a lot it it looks very different than when we started i think when we started um it was brand new to a lot of us the students quite didn't mm-hmm. know the expectations they weren't as comfortable with technology um a couple of years after that the students are a lot more welcoming of that model uh, they know the expectations and then they know that it's just another classroom just like any other and they do have mm-hmm. to uh, meet the expectations um, but I think one thing that helps with that is utilizing technology in our favor and, and giving the students options and choice and voice. Um, whenever we're doing an assignment, you know, the fact that they have the technology available on the computer and, and many of the apps that we have here um, allows them to really explore their creativity and, and to uh, try different things out. Like sure. um, some, some of the pictures that I'll be sharing with you, I mean, this was... <clears throat> a project created by uh, the science process along with, you know, different science teachers throughout the districts where when we're looking at six, seven or eight grade uh, different topics, we asked the students to develop a comic book to tell us about um, what they learn from the topic. For example, on the water cycle, we'll ask them to talk about the story of a little water droplet as it goes through the water cycle so mm-hmm. that we understand if, if they understood the cycle correctly. The same thing for the rock cycle. And so utilizing technology and the blending in model, um, we're able to offer the kids different apps that they can use. Uh, we can ask them to hand draw it if they prefer that and you know, scan it or take a picture and upload it. We can, use, we can ask them to you know, make the drawings and the pictures on the computer. We can ask them to use slides and add pictures to it and use narration. We can ask them to um, use other uh, pre-made images and just you know record themselves doing the narration to it. Um, I even have some kids that like to use Minecraft and they build their little world. They take pictures of it. And those are the pictures that they're using and they collaborate wow. with, with their friends, uh, you know, to build a little comic book. So I'll, I'll have pictures with you and, you know, they get, um, I have kids building flowcharts to be able yeah. to explain this cycle. And it's just, it's really, really fun to see how the same project can span, you know, eight or nine very different styles of doing yeah. the same and, and giving the students that, uh, that choice, that choice. to be able to express a voice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a great example of universal design for learning. You're, they're all, you know, the equity there is that they're learning about the same concept, right? Like they're, they're learning the cycle of the rock or the water droplet or whatever, but mm-hmm. how they show you and demonstrate their understanding of the concept and their mastery is through their creative choice. And that is so valuable. And it and it's motivating to the kids to be able to sh- demonstrate to you, their teacher, that they've learned this in a way that they have chosen for themselves. And I love that you're giving them that option. Absolutely. It's, uh, again, something that I learned from watching other teachers. You know, it's something that's oftentimes encouraging habit strategies. And 
um, the thing that I had to learn through experience is that um, what has worked better for me is to start a little bit more structure and maybe with less choices as I teach the kids how to use some of these technologies and as they get comfortable utilizing the different apps. And then little by little, almost as, as they earn it, you know, uh, I let them know, hey, you know, you want to complete this, you want to try this thing out, go a little above and beyond so that next time I give you more flexibility and more freedom. Yeah. Just, uh, you know, because I know that, you know, say, for example, not everybody might be able to manage working on Minecraft to do their project. Um, right. But some of them have earned it and, okay, I give them a chance and they show me that they are working and it's like, wonderful. Yeah. Uh, just and and even if they don't want to use the technology at all, maybe they like to draw or paint and they have the option to either bring it into the school because you're on that hybrid model, or they could snap a photo of it and just send you the picture of what they've created by hand. So that you still have that blend of the traditional option there and you're giving the students that um, autonomy and agency to you know, demonstrate their learning to you in a way that they feel comfortable with. And I'm curious too, when it comes to like the back end grading on that, right? When you have all these projects coming in, how are you um, being equitable in your grading practices if they're showing you this in all these different ways? I'm really glad you you asked that question. Um, so in projects like that, um, we have rubrics built in and we go over mm -hmm. the rubrics with the students, you know, letting them know what they're going to be graded on as far as making sure that they're including the vocabulary words, making sure that they're hitting the different key parts of the cycle, whether that's a rock cycle or the water cycle and examples that I used mm -hmm. um, and that the information is accurate. And then as far as the, the artistic element, um, you know, that one we're not assigning a grade to because we want to make hmm. sure that we're grading based on the standards. Exactly. Is, oh, my yeah. gosh. Can I get an amen? <laughs> Can I get an amen? <laughs> and, and, you know, that's that's another big thing that the district's working on. And the school has been incredibly supportive on just to make sure that, hey, that um, that we're aligning the, the work that we're collecting to the standards, that the students understand what's uh, uh, asked of them that they have access to the rubric and they can go back and self-check with themselves. Like, you know, did I hit all these points? What can I expect will be my grade? And then, you know, as far as developing the project, that's the fun part. That's that's the artistic element. They, that's the part that they love to do. Yeah, I mean, and that's great. You're communicating that rubric and that success criteria ahead of time. So they know exactly what you're going to be looking for when you're grading that assignment. And so they're essentially getting to pick the grade that they earn, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I love that. Okay, so let's kind of bring it home here. Let you've come so far in your journey as a teacher. So, what advice would you give to your younger self, like knowing what you know now? Something I mentioned earlier. You know, the one thing I did right is seeking out people who have done what you're trying to do, seeking out mentors, observing other people, learning from them. Don't try to reinvent the wheel. Um, other people have been where where have been in your shoes. They've done what you want to do. So reach out to them, um, especially in the world of education. We can sometimes get too busy in our own classroom. And if we don't we don't have the structures building like we do at AOI, where we're constantly collaborating, mm -hmm. we need to seek it out a little bit more. That's going to help us learn so much faster, whether it's in technology or pedagogy or just bouncing ideas. Um, and it makes the work a lot more enjoyable, too. Any um, last tips or advice or words of wisdom or recommendations for resources, tools that you want to throw out before we end today? 
keep finding something uh, that challenges you, a new project every year, so that you keep learning, you keep growing. Um, you know, read often. Uh, actually, a book that I want to uh, throw in there, um, not as related to the blending model, but just a, a very interesting topic. It's called The Art of Procrastination by John Perry, mm -hmm. a successful author and uh, professor at Stanford University. And um, he talks about how, you know, how he struggled with procrastination, but found a uh, way to become successful with it. And I found that uh, that's applying the same model that the book talks about has helped a lot of students. So just something, you know, that I wanted to throw in there if, if the teachers want to read something uh, coming out of a left field, something something different. Yeah, I'm going to have to read that one. I haven't read that one yet. <laughs> well, thanks so much for coming on the show with me today. It's been great chatting with you. You are such an inspiration. Thank you very much, Ashley. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, I look forward to seeing uh, uh, how the, the podcast grows and to continue being uh, part of this, this amazing team here at AOI and at HUSD. Thanks for listening to the Blending In podcast. I hope you gleaned some inspiration to blend in ed tech and some top-notch transformational techniques into your instruction. You can find show notes and resources from today's episode on our website, blendinginpodcast.com. If you loved what you heard today, leave a review and hit the subscribe button to get notified when new episodes are dropped. Also, follow us on social media and use hashtag blendinginpodcast to add to the conversation. Until next time, don't hesitate to innovate and integrate.